if you haven't noticed it by now, <laughs> we do have the great resignation happening. We talked a little bit about this in the last episode, and I want to dive deeper into how you as a leader can not just attract the best team members, but keep the best team members showing up every day, engaged and excited to come to work with you as their leader. You know, years ago, unions would pick it to get the higher wages and the good health benefits. Then companies started adding in perks like latte bars and trendy office settings. But today, none of those are the driving factors for attracting and keeping those great team members and employees at all levels. Because it's not just the bottom line employees leaving, it's the higher level managers. In fact, you may even be one who's looking at the one ads and thinking about leaving your current company. But here's the thing. There are six new changes. And I say new, but some of them have been around a little while. They're just being more spotlighted. And that's what we're going to dive in today, into the six changing demands of today's workforce. So if you're ready to be a disruptor, ready to make some changes, then grab a notepad because you're going to want to take some notes in today's episode. All right, let's jump in. Welcome to the Navigating Your Leadership podcast, where we are changing the wave of the future. Like it or not, the world has changed. And as an exceptional leader, you have to change with it or risk being left behind. Hi, I'm your host, Sherry Miter. I'm here to help you navigate this new leadership style. Inside the podcast, you'll discover what your team really wants and needs from you, how to tap into your God-given talents, how to increase your productivity with a strengths-based team, and how to realign with your North Star to truly enjoy your work and your life. This podcast will inspire and empower you today so you can elevate your influence into the future. If you're ready to step out of your comfort zone, then untie those dock lines and jump on board as we begin navigating your leadership. So these new changes, they were spearheaded by the millennials and the Gen Zs, but you will notice there are many, and I've had conversations with these people in their 40s, their 50s, and even their 60s, who are looking for the same thing. It's my belief that the millennials and Gen Zs were just bold enough to really lead in the demands for these changes. They were very vocal about what they wanted and didn't want in a job, in a career, and they're not afraid to up and leave if, if they're not getting what they need in their career at this time. And that's what's causing so much angst out there for great managers. They're seeing their best employees, their best managers, their sister managers, brother managers, other leaders in all different career fields. I've seen this happen in the fire department. My own son did this. I've seen this, you know, happening in businesses. I mean, every place of business out there has a help wanted sign on the door. So it doesn't matter where you work, it's happening all around us. But Gallup has done some studies and they have narrowed it down that to really there are six main demands. And honestly, I don't like that word demand, but there's six changes that 
need to happen in the workforce if you want to, again, attract and keep the best of the best. So we're going to jump into those today. I'll give you Gallup's perspective, other research that's been done on these, and also my own two cents, as always, and hopefully leave you with some thoughts so you can start creating some changes in the way you lead and how your company works with their employees. All right, number one. So today's millennial and Gen Zs, and really, and I say that loosely because I really do feel like this is really all generations are looking for some of these things. But so millennials and Gen Zs don't just work for a paycheck, they want a purpose. And I do believe years ago, baby boomers, you know, they went to work and they just wanted a good paycheck and they wanted the health benefits and those kind of perks like we talked about. But today's millennials and Gen Zs aren't just looking for that. They need to have a purpose and a mission behind the organization they work for. They want that organization that has that, that aligns with their purpose and mission. And it's something they can authentically believe in. No longer receiving a decent paycheck is enough for them. Yes, they do want a fair and good, if not even great compensation. That's still important, but it must also allow for the quality of life they want. So it's not the primary motivation. They need to feel like the job they do every single day counts and that it matters. Uh, Death Wish Coffee is a, has a great example of their mission for their employees. If you're not familiar with Death Wish Coffee, they make, guess what, coffee <laughs> and they sell it. They're known for their very strong coffee but it's also their team culture and how they're doing business that matters. So I want to read their team and culture statement that's on their website. It says, we're nothing without our people. We grind together as a team and as coffee drinkers to come up with the world's strongest ideas. We stand for excellence, passion, and a determination to get shit done. We put our people first, even before coffee. And every team member is empowered to innovate, collaborate, and be themselves. We know to keep it simple so success is inevitable. Whoa. So as you can see, that's what millennials and Gen Zs are looking for. They're looking for a company who will be very bold in their mission statement and stand behind it. It's not about putting the mission statement up on the wall and saying, we have this, you have to stand behind it. So does your team know your mission? Do you have a mission? (laughs) If not, what can you do to start creating your own personal mission and then the mission of your team and your company? So number two, the other demand or change that they're looking for is they no longer, they're no longer pursuing job satisfaction. They are pursuing development. Okay. This one, as a learner, I am so about this number two. Today's employees, especially the millennials and Gen Zs, they love and need personal and professional development. 
In the book, It's the Manager by John Clifton and Jim Harder, they go so far to say, giving out toys and entitlements is a leadership mistake. And worse, it's condescending. And they were referring to, you know, the latte bars, the basketball courts, those kind of things. That's not what today's employees want. In a recent pay scale survey, 38,000 respondents indicated which professional development opportunities they want most. The top five include management and leadership training, professional certifications, technical skills training, teamwork and interpersonal skills training, and employee subsidized degrees. So what are you doing to support your team's development? even if it means they may take those skills elsewhere in the future, because yes, that is a huge possibility. And I personally think that is one of the reasons why founders, employers, leaders are afraid to offer these perks because they don't want to spend the money training this person and then have them leave. But because of that scared mentality, you are risking so much more. So the thing is, if you want to attract and retain team members at all levels, think about creating ongoing professional development workshops and incentives. And of course, if you're not sure where to start, contact me and let's talk about customizing a strengths-based workshop that would support leadership training and teamwork skills two of the top five most wanted development opportunities. Number three, the number three change that this new generation is looking for is they don't want bosses. They want coaches. That command and control style bossing, that's pushing great employees away. It's no longer relevant. And honestly, I don't think it ever really worked. These generations want leaders and mentors who will help them discover their strengths and build on them. They want people to help them become better. So how can you work this into your management style? What things could you start implementing to become more a coach versus a boss? And it doesn't need to be that complicated. Sometimes it's as simple asking a few great questions questions. We will do a future podcast on that, a future podcast episode where we will talk about what are the great questions you could be asking to engage your employees. But here's the other thing. That might start by you leading with your strengths. So first, do you know your Clifton strengths yet? Have you taken the assessment? So start there so you can start learning how to coach your team better based on your own unique style. And that's what we're all about on the Navigating Your Leadership. So how can you show up as a coach versus a boss? And I will tell you, that is super hard. I did that for over 21 years because I was in network marketing. I wasn't my team's boss. I always said it was like leading a volunteer army. So that is one of the hardest things to learn to do, but it can be done. And when you learn how to do it, it will make all the difference for you and your team members. Okay, number four, the number four change that 
needs to happen is this new generation, they don't want annual reviews. They want ongoing conversations. And this ties in very directly with the wanting a coach. So think about how this new generation communicates with each other. It's quick, short texts. And they communicate with us as well. If you have children, like all of my children are in their 30s, this is how they communicate. It's quick, short texts. They're used to social media posts where there's an immediate like, there's immediate conversation. They're used to, you know, all sorts of communication that's quick, spontaneous. So if waiting for that annual review doesn't work for them, and honestly, I don't really think it's ever worked for anyone. Has anyone ever really enjoyed an annual review? I think it sends panic (laughs) in most employees. Even if they know they've been doing a good job, it's this dread of going in and hearing all the things you've been doing wrong. And I don't think as a leader, do you even enjoy doing an annual review? So they don't work. Here is your permission now to stop doing them. (laughs) You can thank me later. So with this accustomed to this constant communication and feedback, what if you took the same approach with them as their leader, as their coach. And according to a 2019 study from Gallup, only about 10% of U.S. workers felt engaged after receiving negative feedback on the job. And nearly 30% were so put off by a negative review that they began actively looking for a new job. Moreover, 55% of workers believe annual reviews don't improve their performance, according to the 2019 Work Human Analytics and Research Study. So the stats prove it. We've known it. You know it in your gut annual reviews don't work, but the stats are proving they do not work and focusing on the negative things don't work either. So what can you do instead? It could be as simple as a quick 10-minute check-in. It might even happen in the hallway, passing the hallway, if you're actually in a work environment. Or it could be a text. Hey, how are you doing? Again, it's great asking the right questions. It could be a scheduled weekly conversation, perhaps on Zoom, if you're not in the same workspace. But how can you just start incorporating those quick check-ins with them? And Focus on what's right, course correct where you need to if things aren't working. Now, I know that doing this might sound like a lot if you lead a large team, but if you want to keep your best employees happy and engaged, isn't it worth making this a priority? And if you lead managers, supporting them and doing the same thing for their teams, That will also take some of the burden off of you. So if your managers are leading, doing check-ins with their team, that leaves you to do the quick check-ins with your managers. So again, it's worth making this a priority. Number five, the fifth thing that they're looking for today is they don't want a manager who fixates on their weaknesses. Again, are you seeing how these all kind of fall in together? No one. I don't care who you are, how old you are, or young you are, no one wants to hear that old 
saying of you're just not trying hard enough or keep trying and you'll get it. The truth is, if it's not someone's strengths, they will never do well at that skill. Never. And even if they get it, it's never going to be done well. And it's going to cause them anxiety and stress and low energy. And they'll start looking for another job if they have to stay working in that day in, day out. Gallup research has shown that weaknesses will never develop into strengths, while strengths develop infinitely. Think about that a minute. I want to repeat that because I really want you to grasp that. And this is research-based. Research has shown that weaknesses never develop into strengths, while strengths develop infinitely. So when you focus on someone's strengths and help them develop them, they will continue to grow and grow and grow. So it doesn't mean we shouldn't or you should ignore weaknesses. It's about learning to help your team navigate them Again, course corrective needed and adjust and help your team learn how to do the same for themselves. So you don't always have to be the one helping them course correct. (laughs) So it's understanding weaknesses, but then focus on strengths and do this for yourself. And again, do this when you're having those coaching conversations and then teach your team how to just self-correct for themselves. So strengths-based cultures will help you attract and keep star team members. And isn't that ultimately what you want? Here's the other really cool thing about this. When teams understand each other's strengths, it brings an element of mutual respect. All right. The sixth thing is the sixth and final one is The millennials and the Gen Zs, and I think even the baby boomers today are looking at their careers and saying, it's not my job, it's my life. And employees are asking, does this organization value my strengths and my contribution? Does this organization give me the chance to do what I do best every single day? So it's about giving employees space to show up as their best, to do their best work, and to show them that you care about them as a person, as a human, not just as someone who who does a certain job, not just their title, but you respect them as a human being. It's also about giving them space to create work-life harmony, Well-being, boundaries, flexible work schedules when possible are vital to today's workforce. So what can you start doing today to create a culture where work-life harmony is encouraged, where letting your employees do what they do best every day matters, and that they know that the company cares about them and values them as a person? So I know this is a lot. And you're not expected as a leader to make these changes overnight, but here's a question to do. And sometimes this is where people will shut down and I don't want you to shut down. I want you to start asking yourself a very simple question. What can I do? I pose this question to my team 
for years, when they were feeling stuck, when they were feeling overwhelmed, when they were feeling like, I don't know what to do. I say, instead of saying, I can't do it, or I don't know what to do, or all those negative things, it starts saying to yourself, what can I do? Just even walk around repeating it. What can I do? What can I do? Write it on a piece of paper. What can I do? And the thoughts should start to flow to you. I would also recommend you look at what would be your top priority. What does your team need of those six things right now? What's the number one area that you should concentrate on? And if you're not sure what that is, my specialty is problem solving and strategizing. And you might just need a second and fresh set of eyes on what you really should be the top priority for your organization, for your team. And I would invite you to schedule a call today and let's just chat. Let's see how we can create a place where your team raves about you as their leader and you all show up excited and engaged every day. So again, take a deep breath. (laughs) Ask yourself, what can I do? What should be your number one priority? And if need be, let's hop on the phone and let's have a conversation so we can weed through these six steps to find the number one for you and what you can start doing to make the changes to create that environment that you desire. All right. So next Monday, I'm going to share the four basic needs of followers and how they can make you one of the most influential leaders of all time. So make sure you come back for that one. And I'll leave you with this week's quote from Charles Kettering. The world hates change, yet it is the only thing that has brought progress. As always, thanks for listening to the Navigating Your Leadership podcast. Before we totally sign off of today's podcast, I just want to thank you for supporting our launch last week. It was a huge success in my books. We didn't quite reach our 100 downloads we were shooting for, but we had some great achievements. And I want to share those with you briefly here and also announce our winner of the big grand prize contest. So some of the things we achieved last week, uh, we got 81 downloads or listens. We did make it to the top 200 of the business management uh, category in the USA, which was super exciting, actually reaching as high as number 124 (laughs) the day after the official launch, which is a huge, huge, huge accomplishment. We're now ranking in over four countries, which is really hard to do because there are millions of podcasts out there today. So thank you for making that happen. And we did that because you took the time to listen, to rate, to review, to follow, subscribe, and share the podcast. So I really, truly appreciate each and every one of you who did that. Also, I have to give a big shout out to my virtual marketing assistant, Catherine Cabas. I could not have done this without you. You are just a genius at what you do. You kept things on track. You kept things moving. You kept me in line. (laughs) So thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I am excited to share our winner of the grand prize contest, And I'm going to read her review 
And this was her review that she left for the Navigating Your Leadership podcast. She said, a podcast for every type of leader. I love this podcast because it allows me the freedom to be the leader I want to be, the one that uses my unique strengths to the fullest. If you are ready to break out of the traditional leadership model and lead in a way that brings you both joy and success, then this podcast is is for you. So thank you, thank you to Kristen Lawton for that great review because one, that is exactly what I hope leaders get out of this podcast and every episode that we have moving forward. So Kristen, let's connect. Reach out to me because you are winning a new Clifton Strengths assessment. I know you're already a fan and a 90-minute coaching session with me. So I can't wait to do that conversation with you. It's going to be super powerful. And again, thank you from the bottom of my heart to each and every one of you who supported the launch this past week. And I do hope that moving forward, you continue to listen and enjoy the podcast, continue to share it with your friends who are leaders, who are looking to navigate this new world that we're in. Because as I've been saying, what used to work isn't working anymore. And we have to be willing to make some shifts, adjust our sales, and do what it takes to continue to inspire, empower, and elevate not just yourself as a leader, but the teams that you lead. So here's so much success for all of us moving forward. And again, just thank you. Thank you for listening to the Navigating Your Leadership podcast. My hope and prayer is that today's episode left you feeling inspired and empowered with some tangible steps to implement today. But honestly, the podcast is just the beginning. Through my coaching, my clients learn how to lean into their strengths to create their unique style of leadership, along with gaining strategies to create dynamic and productive teams, teams with a mutual passion and respect for each other. Whether you just need a few small course corrections or you feel like you need an entirely new ship to lead, I do love a challenge. I'd love to invite you to send me a DM or better yet, let's hop on a call and see how we can continue this leadership journey together. The link to book a call is in the show notes. I look forward to hearing from you.